Welcome to Unsuitable Advice Podcast. I'm your host, Gail Suter, the CEO of UnsuitableAdvice.com. We are here to change the way the world thinks about neurodiverse students. everyone and welcome to this episode of the unsuitable advice podcast today i have a guest with me who is an expert on holiday giving and family games that are fun to play this expert just so happens to be my niece and i will let her introduce herself welcome ellie welcome to the podcast hello can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Ellie. My age is nine and I'm in third grade. Tell us a little bit about your family. Do you have any siblings? Yes, I two. Well, and, and a dog. And a dog. And a water snail. Oh, a water snail. What's your water snail's name? Scooter. Scooter. Nice. What number are you in the three kids? I am three. Oh, you are the third. Being the youngest, you have developed some expertise in strategic thinking. Would you say that is true? Yes. You have to figure out how to get those things you want from your older siblings, right? So you got to figure that out. I have invited Ellie here today to discuss our list of gift ideas for neurodiverse children. Ellie herself is not neurodiverse, However, she does have most of these gifts, and I feel like she's an excellent expert to talk about which ones she would recommend and why she likes them. What's the first one you would like to talk about, Ellie? What do you have Um, there on your desk? Well, we have Fellow. Oh, a Fellow. Do you want to tell us a little bit about a Fellow and what you do with it? It's a lot like checkers, but instead of jumping, you want to get every single checker of your opponents your color and you do diagonal down you can do side to side it's very fun because the flipping is so satisfying i agree what i find fun about it too is that you really don't know who's winning until the end yes you have to have a strategy as you play one piece could be flipped over several times yeah depending on who's surrounding when and how long do you think that game usually takes maybe like 20 minutes that's what i was thinking 20 to 30 depending on how thoughtful or how much you have to think how how good you are yeah that's true how old were you when you got that was that last year or was it the year before i'll say it says on the box uh seven and up i think i got it right when i was turning eight ellie how would you rate that on a scale of one to ten so strategy level if you have like a good strategy going to be a nine and fun it's like a nine and a half and do you feel like it's a good game that you can play with all ages from adults Um, to kids yes the next one that is on our list is connect four this is a classic older game what i like about it is you don't have to be able to read You don't have to be able to do math. It's all about strategy and patterns. Do you want to describe what it looks like? It's a vertical board, right? It's a blue board and there are Mm -hmm. holes and there are two colors, red and yellow, sometimes red and blue. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're different colors, but two colors. So you have to get four either diagonally in a row, up and down, or sideways. You can block people. So like say someone was almost about to get four in a row, you could put your piece there and you block it. So there's a lot of strategy to it. Yes, a lot of strategy to it. Such a simple game. Yes. And again, that game is only for two people. Yeah. And that, I believe, is for ages six and up. But you've been playing that for more than three years. I personally, I'm going to say four and up. I agree. Because four-year-olds, especially if they're the youngest, have some pretty good strategic thinking. Yeah. And they don't even need to have strategy. The next one on our list is Mancala, which you haven't played, but it is usually in a wooden board with marbles and there's two sides of it. I have seen a four player game of it too. And you collect all of the marbles in one of the puddles. You spread them out around the board. Each end has a home base. There's lots of little strategies and rules that help you collect more pieces as you go around. Let's go to the next one, checkers, which everybody knows checkers. How do you feel about checkers? I've only played it once, maybe twice. So I'm going to say, I'm going to give it an eight or no, seven. It's pretty simple. It is. There could, there is strategy to it, but for some reason it doesn't hold my attention as much as the other games. Like chess is better than checkers in my opinion. Younger kids might not get chess, but they might get checkers, but like maybe not chess. You can't move a pawn backwards. There's a lot of rules with each piece. My grandfather taught me how. Oh. Here, let me show you. No stress chess. Yes. So, what's different about the no stress chess? It has cards. Here, we have the knight. Is like it goes in the L, so there's like a pile of cards, and you pick the first one at night, so you have to move your night. It's not stressful. So you don't have to think about your move. The card tells you that you're next. And the move. problem is the reason I would give it kind of a lower rating because it's your first move. You can't use a bishop because bishops can't jump over people. So you would have oh. to keep picking until you either got a knight or a pawn. And you know what's different about that, too, is it no longer becomes a game of strategy. It's more of a game of luck because you're pulling a card. Yes. It would teach you the moves and then you could flip over the board and do start the strategy part. It has training wheels. Yeah, it has training wheels for chess. That's great. And how do you feel about chess and checkers as far as rating it for friendliness of all ages from older people to kids nine and a half wow I need to get back on that game I used to play it when I was younger but then I sort of lost track of it let's go to our favorite game that we have been playing oh trio you want to try and describe that that's kind of hard well I have the board oh yes say I'm green here there are three rings one Uh big one medium one small and so the board is a three by three like a tic-tac-toe game yes Mm -hmm. and so you have to match big medium small in a row you would have to get a bullseye and then or you could do three bigs three three little big rings in a row Mm -hmm. so you can do it by all the same size all the same 
all oh. the same color on one bullseye. And then or can, big, medium, small. And you can row. block. It's very tricky. That's why I call it 3D or even 4D tic-tac-toe. Pretty easy to lose track of everybody's possible moves on the board. Yes. This is the game we did with a three-year-old. She just put random things on the board and she mm-hmm. won one because my dad wasn't paying attention. We recently had this game at our big family Thanksgiving gathering. Yes. And what do you think people would have rated it for all ages? I think they would give that for all ages, 10 out of 10. Maybe a nine and a half for like a certain cousin. Yes, for the three-year-old? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I was giving it to someone else. Oh, well, we better not say it because somebody might get their feelings hurt. If we, yeah, they might be watching us. They might be listening or watching, right? So we can't mention any names, but some people did not enjoy it quite as much as the rest of us. They probably would have given like a a seven or six. But I do have to say, everybody from the 55 year olds all the way to the three year olds were playing it. And something we didn't play, but we saw at our family Thanksgiving board game extravaganza was Parcheesi. And that game's for ages six and up and can be played with two to four players. I haven't played it in a while, but it's about trying to get all of your pieces to home base. And there is blocking or sending people back and all of that. I remember it was really fun. However, there's strategy and luck to that game because it involves rolling dice. There's two that I have in my classroom. They're from the same maker and they come in this round tin and with round cards. One is Spot It and one is Teletail. Oh, Spot It is like the guy with the hand print, the eyeball. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, I think everyone has played that game once. Right? It's on my list of great travel games. So what I love about Spot It is it's a matching game but there's several things on each card to be matched. And there's lots of different ways to play it. Some people deal out cards and steal cards from other people. Some people start with one card and try and take some from the pile. I also like it because you have to really focus. You have to be very attentive to visual detail. I think it's good for all ages. I really think- I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Ooh, a six out of 10. I like it because it's quick game, but as far as fun and strategy, it's more about luck. So because it's about luck, I'm going to give it a seven. And you know it more than I do, so that's probably why. Then we have Teletale, which is also in a tin, great for traveling, has all of these round cards, two-sided. So it let's say it might be a picture of a toilet on one side and a picture of a motel on the other side. And you deal out certain number of cards to however long you want to play. And you build a story. First person always starts with once upon a time. And it's different every time, which is what I like. And it's creative. Like, Give me an example. It has pictures that you have to incorporate into the story. Oh, we do a version. It's called one word where someone says once upon a time and everyone has to say one word. Once upon a time, 
there was a, and then the person gets to come up with anything. Each person, as you go around the dinner table or the restaurant table, adds just one word to the story. I love that idea. Give me a rating on your add one word to the story game. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Nice. And what ages do you think? When did you start playing that? Have you been playing it for a long time? Maybe four or five. Well, and see, what I like about that game suggestion is you don't even need a board or anything else like that. You just need yourselves. Yeah. And a voice. And a voice or able to write. Yeah. That's great. We have a couple more. My younger daughter used to hate to lose. She would have a little bit of a hissy fit if she lost against her older sisters. So we had to get special kind of games for her so that we could actually enjoy playing together. We would look for cooperative games. We all worked together to win. There wasn't just one winner. Either we all lost or we all won. And so we got this game. It's called Hoot Owl Hoot. And basically you have seven baby owls that are starting out. So you draw a color and you can move the baby owl to that color. You try to get all of the baby owls home before the sun rises. So if you pick a sun card, you have to move the sun piece. You all look at your own color cards and you try to strategize together. One of my cousins brought this game because it's, or I did this in preschool because it sounds very familiar. And what do you think about everybody winning and losing together? For younger kids, that's good because you don't want any pissy fits. But maybe for older people, not so much. You can handle yeah. winning and losing yeah, on your you own. That's true. But it is interesting to work together on strategizing. It can be an interesting twist to work together. Wait, I have a question. Yeah. Did your daughter grow out of that? Yes. <laughs> Good. She's still very competitive. Well, yeah. Is everyone? She doesn't have a total meltdown. I would say she still struggles with good sportsmanship. If she loses, she won't have a meltdown, but I don't think she'll say congratulations. That was a good game. Do you say congratulations, good game? Um, not really, because I'm really competitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's tough. That's a tough skill to learn. All right. We have a couple more on our list here. Yes. One is corridor. Corridor, I don't have this. So Corridor is a four, two to four person game. It's a square board. It's like chess. Exactly like chess. In the board, it's wooden. It's award winning. It's award winning. Yes. So you have your piece, your man, and he starts on your side of the board in the center of the board, in the center square. And you're trying to get across to the opposite side. Each turn you have, you get one move. You can either move your man one, or you also have little walls that you can use to block the progress of somebody else's man. And they have to go around the walls to get to the other side. This might be the one I'm asking Santa. It's super fun. So you can play with two people, then you have more walls, or you can play with four people and you have fewer walls, but more people playing. How many walls do you have? There's a total of 20 walls. So if you play with two people, you get 10 walls. If you're playing with four people, you only get five walls. So a little division. And you can't, yes. And you got a little math division in there. Yeah, that's true. And you can't move the walls once you place them. 
It's not like you can pick them up and move it. So once you place that wall, you can't move it. It's done. There's no luck to it. It's all strategy and it's super fun. And I would say it takes about 10 to 15 minutes to play. I would give that a 9.5. Have you seen this one? No. Locus. This looks very fun. Yes. What I like about it is you can play it a couple of ways. You can play it as a game where the person who puts down the most pieces wins, or you can play it collaboratively and try to fit all of the pieces on the board. Looks like Tetris. It is like Tetris. Each person has their own color. You all have the same number of pieces and the same shapes. And it looks exactly like Tetris. As you're laying your shapes down on this square board, you cannot put your pieces side by side. They have to go from touch corner to corner. It's a great strategy game. I think all ages would like it. What is the age limit for Blockus? Seven and up. Although I have definitely played it with six-year-olds. Really? Yeah, for sure. Let's see, what else do we have on our list here? Shut the box. I marked the one with, what, six players. Shut the Box is also made out of wood, and it has the numbers 1 through 10 on each side. You start with them all standing up vertically, and you roll two dice. As you roll the dice, say you get a 5 and a 1. You can put down your 6. You could put down a 5 and a 1. Are you trying to get all of them down? Yeah, as many as you can, but you have to roll the exact amount. You can't re-roll. Once you can't put any down with your current roll, your turn is totally over. So like if you get a six and a six? You would get 12. So you could put down a 10 and a two. If you have your seven through 10 numbers down, you can roll just one from there. What I like about it is it's quick and also it works on your addition. You have a number and you can make it any way you want. But it is a game of luck. It's left up to the dice. And is that it? We did them all. I would love it. If you see some games that you like at school, let me know and we'll add them to this list for our listeners and our newsletter members. Well, I have one. Okay. What is it? Not here. A marble run where there's like ladders. Yes. If somebody really likes Legos, they would definitely like the marble run. Create courses mm-hmm. and big loop de loops. You can have towers you can put ball dispenser on, mm-hmm. and then you press down the button, and it goes. And it's kind of hard because sometimes it's, it's going way too fast that it falls off the course. But that's a good thing to learn. It's a little bit of physics. Yeah. So you learn that that was too fast and you have to adjust and problem solve. There's magnets. If you want it to stop, put the magnet there because it's like a magnetic ball. Oh, that's super fun. So it's physics and creating at the same time. Well, I have one more Christmas surprise for you guys. What is it? It's an ugly Christmas sweater. What a great idea. Do you think all kids will like an ugly Christmas sweater? Oh, yeah. On a 
scale of one to 10, what would you give a ugly Christmas sweater? A 15 out of 10. Really? And yes. do you think it requires getting it early so you can wear it for the season? Yes, I do. In fact, think you should get it right now because December 1st is happening, people. So give it early so they can wear it throughout the season. What features do you think are important in ugly Christmas sweaters? Well, a sweater. A sweater. I, I do recommend pom-poms and a very interesting design. Do you prefer trees or presents or animals? Depends on the person. You don't know them that well. I recommend kind of like Christmas trees, like presents, but if you know them a lot, like animals. And you like, obviously they have to be colorful. Well, yes. And you like the light up feature or you don't like the light up feature? I think it's fine personally. And And can you do me a favor? Is that Christmas sweater washable? Can you look on the tag? I don't think it's washable. So it's best to get a darker color. Yes. It won't get stained. And I recommend you try not wearing it every day, maybe once a week. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So you could have more than one. All right. That's a great suggestion. Thank you so much. And what are you thinking now that we're getting so close to the holidays? Well... I think I'm definitely going to try out a game. I can tell you which one I'm thinking about. Which one? I'm thinking about Corridor. I think you won't be disappointed. If any of our listeners have suggestions on games that we should be test run, comment on or send me an email at unsuitableadvice.com and we will give it a test run. Thank you very much for being a podcast guest and our fellow reviewer of games and being one of the best nieces ever. Thank you so much, Ellie. I You're appreciate welcome. your being a guest. Bye-bye. Bye. That's all for today. Head over to our website, unsuitableadvice.com, and sign up for our newsletter. And don't forget, it's better to be outside of the box.